Welcome to my podcast, Worlds Collide. I'm the host of the show, Victoria Daute, and I talk with my international guests here in the show about the experiences they made in their new country versus their home country. So in today's episode, I talked to Christian from England and he talks about his experiences when he lived in Estonia for three years. He and his ex-partner, who was Estonian, they decided after graduation just to go there for a little bit. But that somehow turned out to be three years. And yeah, so he talks about that, the good and the not so good. And what he realized in that time, what he's very thankful for. And also how hard it was sometimes and what a difference it makes when you make an effort to learn the language. I think he says really interesting aspects about living abroad. Yeah, listen in. Here it is. Hi, Christian. I welcome you to my podcast. How are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm doing very well. I'm sort of walking off the gym today I was like <laughs> yeah it was one of those things where I didn't sleep properly and I was going to the gym that's already a bad start <laughs> go, <laughs> I go there and I'm like I know I have a show to do later today I'm gonna make it but can I get this gym session in because I'd skipped it the day before was when I was supposed to do it work came up things come up life gets in the way so sure. you move forward you're right you move forward to the next day and you're like right I have to do it now nothing is gonna stop me mm. I'm, I'm gonna be there and I did it and now I'm sitting and I'm like uh, I don't want to do uh. it <laughs> no 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 I mean it's 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 commitment isn't it it's consistent yeah 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 sure. obviously we were talking off camera about about podcasting in general and I think the same rule applies it's like discipline consistency just you keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it and you know you just get into a rhythm don't you yeah it's... right and once you're into it then it's easier but you have to get there <laughs> that's the hard part it takes a while yeah even with my show um there's been like waves like right now it's like a new wave it's like a new, it feels like a new chapter and i'm sure as you said like this is a new show that you're running here um you'll have that too you know your first 20 episodes your first 50 first 100 like there's like chapters where it feels different you get more into a rhythm and you start finding yourself and you're like hmm I could tweak this I could change this I like this I'll drop this yeah la, 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 la. yeah yeah that's um, what I'm hoping for to get a little bit more spice into the show spice maybe. <laughs> okay I mean a little bit spice yes awesome okay um so you are calling right now from England? That's right, yeah. Where in England? Manchester. Manchester. I'm not from there. Are you a big soccer fan? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this about Manchester because, yeah, it's either if you live in Manchester, chances are you're one of two people. You're either a massive football fan or you're a big, like, music uh -huh. fan. Something like that. Um, yeah. I'm the latter, more music. Um, but Again, like just a quick synopsis. I am an actor, voice actor, podcaster, musician, content creator, basically a creative individual. Yeah. So Manchester by that extension is a fantastic place to be. Uh, I'm originally from London. Um, uh -huh. Can't stand it. <laughs> And so I haven't, I haven't, no. I, I worked this out the other day. I haven't lived in London since 2014. So next year will be a decade of avoiding my home, okay. my home city. Wow, that's a long time, yeah. <laughs> But you visit it. Uh, yeah, I see family. And that's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish they would move, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have to go there. It's just, uh, do you know what it is? It's big city syndrome. That's what I call it. I'm sure it's the same. Do you know, actually, I'll tell a funny story. I was I was living abroad. I was in an office one lunchtime and there was a guy from 
somewhere stateside, um, but he happened to have lived in New York for a period, about maybe four or five mm-hmm. years. And he's standing there and he's talking and he's like complaining about the subway and just all this other stuff. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening. And I'm like, is he talking about London? <laughs> and yeah. then I hear him, he, he mentions like, oh, you know, like New York, it's like this, it's like that. Da, 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 da. And then I'm like, oh, mad. Oh, wow. It sounds aw- just as awful in New York. It may be worse. <laughs> like, you know I, mean? I mean, don't get me wrong. There are, there are always good and bad aspects to anywhere that you live. And London has its fair share of good things. Yeah. But I, I say this all the time. There are certain places in the world where unless you have a certain amount of money or you're, you're right. earning a particularly good living, yeah. it's, it, you're, you're either living it up or you're struggling. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people increasingly are struggling in London. It's, For sure. It's, it's super expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I saw, there's, there's this meme thing going around right now where um, every once in a while a picture will be posted to like Reddit or somewhere like that and it will show you a genuine place that's being advertised in London that is ridiculous. I'll give you a few examples. There was one recently where <laughs> it was a shed. I'm not kidding. A shed in someone's backyard, right? <laughs> And they were advertising that like for a thousand pounds a month, right? Bills not included. Um, you, know, you know what's funny right. as well? Just on a side <laughs> note, if you ever advertise a property in London or anywhere in the UK, it always get you to like lay out the floor space. Like, oh, this place has like I don't know, I, I, yeah. I'm crap at maths. Like X amount of floor space. Of course, in this advert, there's no mention of floor space. Yeah. And it's like, of course there's not. Because you've got like two steps and that's it. That's your lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a thousand yeah. pounds a month. For apartment, yeah. What? That was the really? same in San Francisco. Um, we, had, we had those things um, where they were joking about renting out a tent in your backyard for a thousand dollars a month. <laughs> or like um, your closet like harry potter style closet for a thousand dollars yes no window no window Imagine that paying to live in the closet most people are trying to get out of the closet you're paying to live in it <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> oh hey you're in the in the great city though <laughs> yeah but see that's a lie see okay this is this is a great show to be talking about this because there's a big difference between going on holiday somewhere versus living somewhere that's and right if you become an expat you choose to move somewhere it's like a big conscious decision but you have to do your research there's anyone listening right now who is like oh hey i really want to live in this country and you know it's been my dream since i was a kid and you know i want to do this and i want to do that be careful it's don't get me wrong there will be elements to it that are like a fairy tale for example i have a friend who is originally from england of um, polish heritage he's lived in Poland, England, everywhere, and he chose to move out to Switzerland. And he's over the years, he's constantly tried to get me to move there. And I'm like, yeah, maybe one day, but I've still got some stuff to do. He loves it. He said it's a lot of hard work and there were difficult times, but it's a dream because of all this amazing stuff he gets to do as far as like exploring, driving around, seeing the country and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there are those fairy tale moments, is what I'm trying to say. But at the same time, it's hard. Yeah. You know, you you got to make a lot of sacrifices, compromises. You, it's not all sunshine and daisies, which means you have to kind of learn to appreciate the small things so much more um, while you're kind of struggling, trying to kind of find your footing. But after some time has passed, you could make it work. You know, you can. I've been in Manchester now maybe three years. And throughout that time, it's been like that, uh-huh. you know. And sometimes I'm like, hmm, maybe times will get better. Other times I'm like, hmm, maybe this is just life, you know. Appreciate, yeah. the, appreciate the good times, the few and far between. But I guess what I'm trying to say, to put it in a nutshell, is you just got to kind of be prepared. Like, don't let the advertisers lie to you. Don't fall in love so much with the dream of the place that you want to go that you don't consider the drawbacks yeah. it might be that your dream is something you've got to work towards and so you might have you can still move to the, the country you want to go to but you might have to slum it a little bit before you get to that you know ideal that you're considering so it's not so much 
you know, keep that visualization, keep what you're trying to work towards, but just accept that you might not be able to like just immediately jump into that life. It might take some time to get there. Yeah. Also, what I always think, like when you're moving to a different country, you never get to go on vacation because you have only a limited time and then your family kind of expects you to visit. What, what do you mean? Yeah, so like for me, it was always like, okay, so I have like two or three weeks and I guess I have to go to Germany and then it's not really <laughs> vacation. So you never really go on vacation. No, you're right. Yeah, because I mean, for other people, it's like, oh, you're going to Germany. It's so cool. But for me, it's like, eh, I'm just going to Germany. What? I have to that, go. See, that's another thing as well. It's not that I'm experiencing. That's another thing, there. I think, as well. If you like travel, going back home to your home country is more like if you're going back, you're going back to like reset, to see family, to reconnect. Da, 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 da. It's more to rest. It's not really to explore. That being said, I don't know, you're seeing it more and more, especially since like it's getting more and more expensive everywhere to live. You're seeing more and more people take like domestic holidays now. They're actually staying at home and exploring their country. Lord knows I'd like to explore more of the UK. Mm -hmm. When I came back from Europe, that was one of the biggest things. I was like, as soon as I get an opportunity sure. to go anywhere new, I'm going to go there. I'm going to be there as much as I possibly can. Um But I get what you're saying. Like when I, when I lived in Estonia, I think I, and then this was because of monetary problems. Like I was just restricted in what I could do. I think I went back like once in three years, mm -hmm. maybe, no, maybe tw twice, mm -hmm. but one time to see family. Um, cause that's all I could afford to do at the time. It was, it was tricky. It was not easy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah sure. I totally get it. I'm going to. So, um, why did you move to Estonia? Basically, I was studying at university. I just finished. At the time, I was dating someone from there. Mm, okay. And um, we were basically kind of like, what do we do? You know, three months out of graduation, I've still got this customer service job. Um, I hate it. <laughs> it was fine when I was studying. Sure. But now I'm not studying anymore. Yeah, now I did the degree to sort of work in a different field and I'm still working in customer service I'm like hey what gives but of course if you study a degree first thing they say is well where's your experience yeah and you're like but I got the degree I, I learned how to do this thing and they're like yeah but like how can you prove that you're any good at this mm -hmm. and I'm like uh give me a shot and they're like no so <laughs> what do I do <laughs> I'm stuck yeah yeah what do I do I'm stuck yeah um, and I just sat down with with um, with my with my ex and just we, we were we were drinking coffee in a coffee shop somewhere and I was like I can't do this anymore. Um, what do we do? You know, we need to change something. Um, and she floated the idea of sort of going to Estonia for a bit, a bit being a key uh -huh. word. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like maybe we go there a few months, come back. <laughs> Uh -huh. But you know how it is. Three months turns into six months, turns into three years. And uh -huh. um, that relationship didn't work out. But like when I was there, one thing I didn't expect was that I would build my marketing career while I was there. So sure. that was what I studied. That was like my day job stuff. Uh -huh. um, and it was invaluable. Uh, I'll forever be grateful for Estonia for many reasons. But yeah, for giving me a, a footing in marketing And um, and also, you know, I, I saw the, the country in a unique way because um, while I was with my ex and her family, I saw things that I think the average person doesn't see. Like yeah. You get like a, like a window into someone's life and their family and everything. And yeah. I saw so much of the Estonian culture that kind of opened up a different perspective on life. It opened up. Yeah, for sure. You were with the locals. Yeah, yeah. I saw some, some, some crazy stuff, some interesting stuff. Um, And I'll I'll always be grateful for that. And I think that when I when I another thing as well that it did for me is which I didn't expect is it made me appreciate home more. Uh huh. When I came back, so about a year and a half in, two years in, I started getting homesick, which I never thought would happen, but I did. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I missed family, um, but I think I also missed the way it is back home. And I know that you can relate to me here. I know a lot of people can relate. 
there's always a part of you wherever you are in the world if you've chosen to be an expat in another country there's a part of you that exists that recognizes that it's like you miss your homeland Mm -hmm. you know it might be that you've moved to another country and you've got a genuinely better life elsewhere and you make a new life but there's always a part of you that will always need to come back sometimes not necessarily settle um because I think the day-to-day is something you always have to kind of sit and plan and, and work out and as I said before it might be better a better life than what you had back home but there's always that part of you that seeks to come back and, and there's like I guess like and this is just me speaking like my, my personal beliefs but it's like a spiritual element to it it's like um when I was in Estonia I recognized that a lot of people there have like a spiritual connection to their homeland and it means a lot to them and I just never really had that like I never felt that way about England mm-hmm. and when I came back that's when it kicked in and I was like wow I'm so grateful to be back here I'm so grateful to be around English people again they drive me nuts as well uh-huh. but also I love it I I don't know, like, I feel, like, closer now yeah. to my homeland than I ever did before. And I think it comes down to that old adage of, um, you know, just spending time away, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. That is because you did not enjoy your time abroad as much. I'm just asking that because for me it was whenever I visited Germany when I was still living in California, I was like, all right, this is just here, but so times have changed and I live in Texas and mm. it's not my, it's not my, I don't love it as much, let's say. And oh, wow. so when I go back now, I'm like, oh, this is so great to be here. You know, I think it's just a comparison um, how much you like the place where you live at the moment. Okay. I'm going to answer this question in a few different ways. So before I answer it outright, because that you reminded me of something. Um, I moved to Estonia in 2017. I saw my family a one-off in 2019. And I remember I was already beginning to miss them and miss home then. But I remember being back and that feeling that you've just expressed, I felt that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't I wasn't under an illusion. I knew if I'd have moved back specifically to that area, I'd be it'd be like how it was years ago, like it, it, and probably more difficult. But at the same time, I knew I missed England. I knew I needed to get back, and I sometimes wonder if maybe that was like because I wasn't happy in Estonia. Maybe like you know, I was like, oh, this is different. This feels different, and then it's that whole thing of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know that old expression, you know, the grass is green where yeah. it's watered. It's like if you're if you're in a, like a bad relationship, for example, and um, there's a difference between being in a bad relationship that you just need to get out of versus going through a difficult time and getting through that time together. Two different things. Mm-hmm. I wondered sometimes if maybe I just needed to stick it out in Estonia, you know, forge myself a different life there. It wasn't that. It was just that I'd made the most of the time I was there. Uh, this particular relationship wasn't working out. And I, I will say that as well. The personal yeah. relationships you have when you're abroad do shape you, like your experience. Yeah. If you're there alone, um, that's an experience in of itself. And I mean, crikey, you, you could be having a great yeah. time and enjoying yourself and taking photos all the time, yes, but like still feeling like real intense loneliness like I'm sure you felt that at times like there were times when I lived in Estonia when I I, probably most one of the most loneliest times in my life because I felt disconnected from home Um, I missed people it's not like you can hop on a train and just see family like you're you, you know you're kind of stuck in a way and you kind of just got to get through it. And, you know, I remember sometimes like calling family and, and being like, Hey, I miss you. Like this sucks. And they were kind of like, well, why don't you come back? And I'm like, it's not that simple. 
but I wanted to. Yeah, I remember that too. When I was my first year in San Francisco, I was like, I'm um, Skyped with my friends at home. And then I'm like, I can do all these great things, but I don't really know a lot of people here. And the people I know are not necessarily my kind of people. <laughs> so I don't, didn't always want to hang out with them. So I was like, okay, I think I just have to do all these things by myself all the time. And it's a beautiful city and I have a lot of things I could do, but I don't really want to because I have to do them all by myself. And to meet new people, it's an effort, mm. you know? I mean, if you're a student, then it's easier because you're already like surrounded by people who have the same interests as you or you are in a international group for example if you do like a exchange program but if you go there for work by yourself then um that's a different experience yeah and it's, it's interesting as well i mean i'm just talking from experience here um my personal experience i'm sure it's different for other people whenever i would be in a, like an international group i'd always find those people insufferable I don't know what it was like about the like mixture. You, you get a few people that were cool. I remember going to some like speakeasy yeah. poetry nights and there were some really awesome people there. And I genuinely enjoyed that. Um, people from as far as like India and Somalia and um, like Russia, France, yeah. Germany, you name it. Like people, America, even like people from all around the world. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. But I think that was more because, as you said before, you've got shared interests. It's more of your type of people. Like everyone there was there yeah. to like read poetry, yeah. play music, whatever. So it was definitely my kind of vibe. But then when there was other groups, you know, like away from that, it was that kind of like everyone kind of trying to show off, I guess. I, don't, I didn't get it. Like I was like, yeah, you know, I thought the whole point of this was to connect and feel like a little less lonely because you know how it is when you're speaking another because it's not your native language you're speaking another language mm -hmm. so I was learning Estonian speaking Estonian and you know like I had native friends there that I made um and I think a lot of that came down to my commitment and effort to um be connected to the culture and like I always yeah. dive head first in like if I if I move to a country or if I visit a country I pick up a book I start learning phrases I start learning I start exploring and that opens up a door doors but you know natives don't always welcome you with open arms because there's suspiciousness about it there's like a yeah. what, what is it you want you know like what are you looking for yeah and also you know yeah you can speak the language but that doesn't mean you're like necessarily accepted yeah i will say on a caveat most estonians were very welcoming very nice um but there was i think an uneasiness um you know at all times but i think that would be the same anywhere you go i don't think it's specific to there i think it's just like you know <laughs> people people are sometimes uncomfortable with it um yeah but i did my best to, to to kind of to mix with people and i think i made the most of it and yeah i made some good friends there that i'm still friends with to this day so um yeah i, I guess i guess the point of of this aspect of the show is is like to uh, to underline that you know people make the time people make the place people make the experience yeah it's all about people um but there's a lot to be said for when when you're a foreigner in another country, you do get treated differently. You know, it's a different kind of experience. Yeah, you you get welcomed by certain groups, you get rejected by others, and you get kind of cold apathy. Like, if anything, I prefer to be rejected by a group versus apathy. Apathy's worse. <laughs> like, it's, it's just kind of like this coldness. Like, I don't know. But... At the same time, I dig it. Like, in Estonia, it was very cool because people were very just kind of quiet, doing their own thing. For me, it was like an education and how to be a, su a successful introvert. <laughs> you know, like, I'm an introvert at heart, but, but I was, I guess, eager to connect with people because I was lonely. And that was an element to it that I had to learn. Now I'm back in England. I'm very comfortable being alone. Mm -hmm. I enjoy company and I, I, you know, whenever it happens, I, I, I embrace it. I make the most of it, but I'm also very 
I'm able to to be by myself and and function in in that way, and I, I owe a lot, I think a lot of that to my time in Estonia because there was a lot of that, um, and people there are quite comfortable sitting in a cafe reading a book by themselves. Not to say that doesn't happen in England, because of course it does, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you don't. I don't know. Like it was it was inter- it was interesting. I, th- I think that if I'd have stayed there longer. I think I would have had to have adjusted myself more. And mm-hmm. I think that's an issue as well. Because I think all of us as human beings, we to be truly comfortable, we have to be our truest, most authentic self. We have to reverberate in a way that feels comfortable for us. But when you're in a different country... I don't know that that's always necessarily possible because you still have to adjust yourself to your surroundings, you know, like I'm sure when you, when you go back to Germany, you vibe in a different way to how you do in the States. Like it's, it's, there's different expectations. Like I know Americans tend to be a lot more uh, extroverted and like loud and, you know, not always, but like that's Mm -hmm. generally the expectations. If you're quiet, which Europeans always are, um, (laughs) there's a bit of a difference there it's like uh why are you so quiet yeah yes you know i remember when i came back from estonia i was so used to being quiet that i just you know i remember weirding up my family they're like why are you so quiet and i'm like oh am i well i'm just used to this now oh really so that was one of the biggest differences to you yeah i mean i think a lot of it came down to the, the company that i was keeping at the time as well um because there's plenty of estonians that are mm-hmm. loud and what you know it's just this it's, it's it's the company that you keep you know obviously you spend enough time around certain people it's going to bring out certain qualities in you maybe um minimize others i guess um but yeah at, at one point it was it was like that but um ultimately when i did come back and, and move back i think i kind of came out of my shell again and became like who I am but I think for me I had to understand that I am an introvert at heart but I have the ability to be extroverted as well I think it's it's a lot of it's circumstantial like uh-huh. I'm I love going to a party but I'm also very comfortable sitting in a cafe or by myself you know what I mean it's like two different worlds to me uh-huh. and Why did you consider moving back? Was it because of the relationship that didn't work out or was it other things that happened to you? So that actually ended while I was there. Um, But I stuck around for like another year and I remained friends or ish, you know, it was, it was what it was. Um, But I looked at it more as like, I had a good thing going marketing wise, like experience wise. And so I stuck mm-hmm. there for another year. And then I, I just knew that I'd come back in 2020. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Um, Timing-wise, it's crazy. Well, this, this is the thing. I knew I was coming back in 2020. COVID. <laughs> COVID started having rumblings around, oh, I think it was like November 2019 officially. Mm-hmm. But was, no yes. one really started talking about it till like yeah like february march time but i was so invested in my my own stuff that i didn't really pay attention but we'll we'll get there we'll get there right ride with me for a second so i knew i was coming back i knew that i'd done like everything i could really do there um maybe it'll change one day but i can tell you now in estonia there's just not money unless you work in it Uh uh-huh I mean, maybe it's changed in the last few years. I doubt it's changed. It, these things take time. But what I remember was that there was a ton of like IT jobs. So if you were like a program yeah. or something, great. And a lot of like Russians were coming and taking those jobs um, or like people from other countries would take the IT jobs. But um, if you weren't working in that field, there just wasn't any money. And mm-hmm. like, it's interesting Like what we were talking about at the beginning with regards to advertising and how you can shape how a place looks versus how it really is Tallinn the capital is often referred to as like being like a a technological hub in Europe and that is true they're doing a lot of stuff with like blockchain and and ID verification and all this kind of different stuff and they're at the forefront of that and there's a lot of like startups there's a big startup culture there um, and that persists to, to this day 
and there's a lot of success stories coming from there, like Bolt being an example. Then obviously Skype was a, yeah. originated there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when you talk about the day to day of living there, most people will tend to base their operations there or begin them and then move elsewhere, right? Because you know there's various reasons for that. The day to day living of there is is what it is. Maybe it's better somewhere else. Maybe it's worse somewhere else, sure. etc. Right? But what I understood is for the type of roles that I was doing, I could potentially earn, well, I would definitely earn more money if I moved back to England. Mm-hmm. And I I needed to get myself out of that particular situation that I was in. Like okay. I needed to, something needed to give. And that came down to me. I just wasn't going to push myself out of it with the particular roles and the money that was being offered even even you know I I remember at one time I I got like a promotion for a particular job and I was doing well but I wasn't earning that much more and the same sort of role in England would have paid me uh, a hell of a lot more my language but that's the reality Mm -hmm. um it wasn't all about money though so that's a little bit frustrating right but you know it was also like just how it was like I didn't hold it again like it just it just that's just how it was you know um but it was invaluable. Like I said, I said before, I'm very grateful for what I was given. Like I built my marketing career that I got so many opportunities, mm-hmm. like where I wasn't getting paid as much as I wanted. I got to build like experience that I probably never would have got in England. Sure. So I was very, yeah. very grateful. Now to answer your question, like I got what I needed, but then there were other elements like the system of the way things were run in Estonia was a bit of a pain because you've got like a mixture of new versus old. So you've got some stuff which is a hangover from Soviet times, like just processes. Like they got this thing there called the police border guard, which is just a pain. Like like they go on and on about this like ID system thing that they've got, which sounds great on paper, but whenever you're trying to do things and arrange things, it's just a bit of a pain to get things sorted. Sometimes you still have to queue up and like write things with a pen and paper like it's i don't know it's just a bit of a nightmare and obviously if you're a foreigner it's even trickier like i'll tell i'll tell you this a lot of the people that i met there um like foreigners would always say like oh yeah i never need to learn the language like everyone speaks english that's their experience yeah i can't count how many times learning estonian like saved me in a situation be it queuing up at the police border guard yeah no i had like my friends that would help me but there were so many times like I would get on a bus and I'd always you know I've told this story many times but I would always begin any conversation with a local like uh, which means like can you speak English and then mm-hmm. and this was a compliment to me that I was told by locals they would assume that I was native because my I had the accent oh. down so they they nice. would then just look at me curiously like yeah like, why yes and yeah, like wh- <laughs> what what relevance does this have <laughs> and then i would explain that i was english and they'd be like oh and, and like, I, I used to have fun with it i just start speaking the english with like my my accent and they'd be like oh okay oh you're english okay right um <laughs> but some there's a lot of times when you know someone wouldn't speak english and normally it'd be someone yeah. like i don't know in their 50s or 40s or something yeah um sure you know and they, 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 because they did not learn it precisely yeah um so it, it saved me in many in many cases and i just had a very different experience to to a lot of those expats that were living there and i just it always used to make me laugh i was like you're just having a very different experience to me like i don't get this um yeah anyway How long did it take you to get comfortable with Estonian? Because I think it's a different language. It's Finnic, right? Yeah, Finno-Ugric. Um, like a version it's, of it. It's very, mm-hmm. it's very tough. I was never fully fluent in it. I, I never purported to be. But I, I got to a certain level where I was able to... Like, I, I'll say this. You know like how sometimes you just hear a language and you understand what's being said without like understanding it like you get the gist of things you know like it just clicks in your head you know yeah yeah, without thinking that happened and that freaked me out because I was like huh okay Mm -hmm. um I I spoke what I always called broken Estonian like I could get by people would understand I'd maybe use wrong cases Mm -hmm. for things 
Um, but the language has like 16 cases or something. Right. It's insane. I think I learned like four or five of them. So I, I did well considering. Good on you, yes. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, there were people that I met that only spoke in Estonian and the whole basis of our relationship was that. Like, what you know, I spoke to them in their native language. They didn't speak English. It still kind of blows my mm-hmm. mind to this day. Um, yeah. And you, it's nice that you made an effort. Other people, they couldn't oh. even because they didn't even take an effort to make to talk Estonian. Well, this, this is this is the thing. Um, I'll say this: I understood their perspective because, and this is this is incumbent of a bigger problem. Um, see, growing up in England, it's a bit different now. It's changing. People are beginning to learn languages from a younger age, but. I think it's like five from the age of five. Now you learn like another language, right? But in yeah. Europe, guys, people have been doing that since time of memorial. It's standard to yeah. speak three, four languages. So it just, just is. And um, generally, the, 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 when I spoke to locals about it in Estonia, they tell me like it was all about job prospects. You learn whatever, English, Estonian, Russian or German mm-hmm. or something to increase your job prospects. Yeah, okay um so it made perfect sense yeah anyway um in england that it just wasn't the case like we we learned languages from like the age of 11 at like most state schools um and that's already kind of too late really you know it's like yeah you're learning from phrase books but that's not really learning a language like if you want to learn a language that's how i learned too though english (laughs) yeah you can get the basics down but i'm sure you, you realize when you started speaking it versus like you cannot no like when i when I finished 10th grade, then I had it for already five years. And we had it, I think, four times a week for an hour or sometimes for two hours. And then I remember when we were finishing 10th grade, I asked my teacher, so when can we speak English? And she was like, well, you should be able to do speak. You know all the vocabularies and you know all the grammar. But I'm like, I cannot build a sentence in my head. No, I felt not comfortable. I did not feel comfortable speaking English until I lived in Australia for right. a year. And then it took me six weeks until I could say a sentence. I understood everything people told me, mm. but words did not come out. They were just stuck in my brain. That's another element as well. I remember uh, my ex-partner's father would sometimes say to me, you know, like I, he, he felt bad that he couldn't speak more English. And I was like, dude, like, you understand everything I'm saying, don't you? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. that is way more important than how well you speak it. Like, and I'm not sitting here judging mm-hmm. you. I was, and I used to say to him, like, look how bad my Estonian is. Like, I'm trying. And he was, and he got what I was saying. He's like, yeah, yeah I guess you're right. Like, it's, it's un- comprehension and understanding matters so much more. And uh, as you said, like, it, it's, it's practice. It's, the t- I always say the two ways you can learn a language are either you move to that country and you just practice all the time and you force yourself and you put yourself in situations where they don't speak your language so you have to speak their language or mm-hmm. you date someone from that country and you speak it all the time yeah. but again <laughs> there has yeah. to be a commitment to, to, to them forcing you um, like my then partner she didn't actually speak it that much for me to be honest um uh, yeah okay like, so you spoke english yeah um so we 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 sometimes speak it like if we didn't want someone to know what we were saying <laughs> like if it was someone that was rude yeah and we were back in england it's okay. kind of useful it's like yeah uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know that's it's useful but um other than that it was you know it's it, what need was there it was quicker to do it in english um it, sometimes i'd find myself speaking estonian with natives because it was quicker than speaking English if I wanted to get a point across mm-hmm. weirdly yeah um it was sometimes quicker um but yeah it, it's it's just about how much commitment you put into it in practice and like anything else yes. in life the more you put in the more you get out but um I was just wondering if your job was in Estonian or in English it was all in English yeah mm-hmm. um okay there was one job that I took that was in a it was interesting it was a startup a sort of mid-tier no they weren't really a startup anymore they were like a small to medium business but they were operating internationally there's a lot of companies out there that 
they have a headquarters in Estonia, but they'll have a lot of international clients. And this particular company, most of its clients were in the States. Um, mm -hmm. So it was catering to that audience. But like everyone that worked there was like, you know, they were all Estonian. So they were all speaking either Estonian or Russian together. Um, and I was the only English guy in the office. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, and it's so small. We're talking, there's like five, four people in the office maximum. It was weird. Okay. And then mm -hmm. like in the middle of winter, you can imagine like going to this office, it's cold, it's dark, there's snow everywhere. And like, I'm the only English guy and it's, but yeah, it was fine. It was what it was. Uh, I made the best of it. Um, I'd also worked in those big companies where there's like tons of, you know, foreigners and everyone speaking English and it's, you know, I had like a lot of different experiences there. Um, okay. Okay. But yeah, though, those international ones, they generally speak English, um, by proxy because they just have so many foreigners working there and it's just easier. Um, but yeah, I had many opportunities to practice. Yeah. All the time. I think people, were, most locals were impressed because I think they looked at it like, wow, like, because it, it, it was bad that whole thing of like people not wanting to, bothering okay. to learn they'd always say like oh what need do i have and i was like you just get so much more yeah like because that's the thing like i lived a lot in Tallinn, but i actually because of my then partner i, I got to explore like and live in all parts of the country mm -hmm. i lived in the south i lived in the north i lived on some of the islands off the coast like i was very lucky i had like a lot of experiences and Fair enough. Yeah, I, maybe those other people didn't always get those experiences, but you get what you put in. You get like you know, you you put yourself out there. You'll get those experiences. Um, and I felt like a lot of the time they were missing out. Like they all they seemed to really care about was just party in the city, um, and just only hang around with other for yeah. like foreigners. Yeah. Which I don't know. I didn't get that. Like it's the same as like. I remember one time I went on holiday somewhere and we were in a group and the native food, we had like an all-inclusive deal. We were in Bulgaria. We had an all-inclusive deal and it was brilliant. Free food, free drinks. Mm -hmm. oh, I was in heaven. <laughs> and we queue up to get like the food and the native food was like, I'm a big food guy. Like I was just like, oh my God, this is so good. This is so good. Right. <laughs> and one of the guys that I was with, like he'd just get like burger and chips. And I remember just that like, it just used to, <laughs> pardon my language, it used to piss me off. For sure. I was like, dude, like, I was like, what's the point traveling several hours to get here and then just having like burger and chips? And he's like, mm. oh, I just don't want any of that. And I was like, try something different. I know. You might surprise yourself. I was like, this food tastes amazing. You don't know what you're missing out on, but he just didn't care. And like, that's, that's the reality, man. You, you miss out. Like I, when I was there, I learned, like, here's an example. Like I, I don't drink alcohol anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just many reasons for that, but yeah. Woo. Anyway, um, back then, you know, I would drink now and again and I discovered, for example, that my whole life I had the wrong perception about vodka. See, growing up in England, vodka just tasted trash. We had like basic supermarket vodka yeah. and then we had like i think russian standard was like the only import we had and it was awful it's yeah. still awful um so when i went there and like the locals were like you got to try the vodka i was like nah vodka's horrible and they're like yeah but you haven't tried and they had russian vodka and they had ukrainian vodka and they would drink it straight but here's the thing different drinking cultures they would eat food you know, which yeah. is like what you're supposed to do, you know, the, the, I'm sure you do this in Germany too, where you have like the, the special types of bread, the meat, like the salamis and stuff, mm -hmm. like gherkins, all these things. And you just make yourself like little mini sandwiches yeah. and then it goes down nicely. And that helps. And you know, people in England do that too, but like not to the extent they should. <laughs> um, but the, the more important thing, the reason I raised this story is that the quality of the alcohol was exceptional every time i had like ukrainian vodka or russian vodka i never once had a hangover okay not once never um the quality was pristine it was it was even on a small level somewhat good for you there were little tricks like um if you were beginning to get a little bit ill and you felt yourself coming down with say like a cold or something you were told to just quickly have like a small shot, it sounded crazy, like a small shot of vodka, um, and they keep it in the freezer. 
And that would actually help to alleviate it a little bit or at least protect you a little bit from the potential symptoms. That's what my mother says too. Right, yeah. It's like these little things that you learn <laughs> that you wouldn't learn otherwise were you not to immerse yourself in the culture. Um, and learning a language is a great way to do that because I think that when locals see that you're making a conscious effort to ingratiate yourself, they feel more inclined to include you. You'll never be one of the locals, but yeah, you can be sure. someone who's brought into the inner circle, so to speak. Yeah, because you're already making an effort. They see that you trying to be more part of them versus somebody who does not even care. And so um, were they like still after three years things that you culturally did not really understand? Um... I never really had any issues with like not understanding them culturally because I just un I just understood we we've just um they've grown up with different things you know it's a different way of life different history different culture you know you just you just accept it then you know, do you know what I mean it's, it's very strange I think when you go to other countries mm -hmm. and you you're like why don't they do this why don't they do that and it's like because you are a product of your surroundings like wherever you are yeah. that's just how it is um so yeah so i never really had any issues like that uh i think sometimes i had a difficulty understanding people in the sense that sometimes i would mistake people's quietness or abruptness for like annoying like some, sometimes i'd think like people were annoyed when they weren't they were just quiet you know because um, mm -hmm. in England, yeah. like growing up, like if someone just randomly started going quiet and they weren't like an introvert, you'd assume there was something wrong. Um, so that changed. And then I changed as a result of that. And now I'm I'm like that, like I'm quieter. And I think sometimes people assume there's something wrong. And I'm like, no, nah, sometimes I'm just quiet, you know. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah. That was a bit of a obstacle, I think. Um But yeah, otherwise it was just yeah, a different way of life. And was it like obvious for other people there that you were from the UK? Yeah. Like, did you do? Yeah, yeah like just not the language, but how you how you are as a person uh, or um, I, don't, I don't know. Visually, maybe? maybe. Yeah, probably that. Like, I guess I don't look like a local Or I don't know. It never really came up much, to be honest. I think people always seemed quite warm when they learned that I was from England. You'd get like natural questions. Why are mm -hmm. you here? Da, 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 like, you know, but other than that, like people were very much just kind of like, do you know what I mean? Because I think there was for me, there was always, a, as I said before, a commitment to, you know, mixing with people in ingratiating myself into culture and i think there was like okay well you're here and you want to mm -hmm. be part of this so you're part of this kind of thing that was the vibe i got um yeah it didn't it didn't often come up the, most most of the time people didn't seem to care i don't know like i always hear these stories about like when you go abroad and supposedly people are like oh wow if you came here everyone would be like amazed at your english and it's like i never had that once in a blue moon uh -huh. someone might be You know, if we were like really far out in the country and you never get tourists there, they might be a bit like, sure. oh, sure. okay, that's weird. But most of the time, you know, it's he must have gotten lost. So <laughs> he's here, so he's here. Well, yeah, you, you've gotten in, haven't you? Obviously, if you're there, it's because you're with yeah. local. But it's, yeah, I don't know. It's um, just, it, it, it's never really been a thing. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's because I'm not like really really like loud obnoxious i don't like carry myself in that manner so i think i can kind of mm -hmm. like just slip into my surroundings you know without <laughs> causing alarm were there things that you um appreciated that were different from england oh yeah um i i liked Little things like, like for example, when you'd be in like restaurants, you you wouldn't really often get like situations where it'd be like really loud, loud. Like I hate that when you, you know when you're in a like restaurant and someone mm, yes, comes in and just and you have cuts through it, like just like they, they used to sometimes joke that the Finns, the Finnish people, were like that because they were they're like Estonians but very different. 
um, as well. And one of the ways that they're different is like they're quite they're quite loud. Um, uh, okay. And that would that would stick out quite often. Um, so that was an element I liked. I I miss the food. I miss the you know I still listen to the music obviously, but um, I miss the food. Some of the things you can get there you just can't get here. It's just okay, you know, or or it tastes different. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. I I miss how easy it was to get out in nature. Um, I do kind of miss that. There's not to say there isn't nature and stuff here in England, but a lot of the time you have to like go out of your way to get to it. You know, if you live in like in a city, for example, whereas there, like, you know, you could yeah. drive because mm-hmm. Estonia is so small. You yeah, could drive so maybe like, yeah, like 10 minutes and boom, you're in like the forest yeah, or, it is. or the beach or something. And um, what, when you were there, were there things that you missed from England? I, th- I, th- I think I, I missed pe- I missed people. I missed being able to I think I took for granted, like being able to speak my native language. You know, like there were so many times when I'd be around only locals and they'd all be speaking in Estonian. And sometimes people would clue me in and make me understand what was going on. But sometimes they just wouldn't. Um, sure. You know, so you kind of <laughs> sit in the dark. Yeah, it was a lot of that. There was a lot of sitting around not knowing what's going on. And it, it sucked, to be honest. Um, it was not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, that contributed greatly to my loneliness you know just sitting there i uh, know that too uh, so we have a few friends from different places and if i meet for example my polish friend and there's another polish friend there too then when they talk polish to each other i'm like all right whatever just pretend i'm not here i i don't know i yeah. feel like i feel like i would not do this because i think it's rude you know like when well Okay. I mean, that, there's that's a caveat me. to this, though. <laughs> if you're out and you've all met together and it's like a group, yeah, then speak what everyone yeah. understands, right? Yeah. But you have to remember, like, I was a guest in their sure. country. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. That's so, different. like, I never, I never expected people to roll out the red carpet for me. Yeah. No. Like, no. Oh, no. Well, I'm here, so everyone has to speak English now. Sure. Like, <laughs> no, totally. But, can. but at the same time, like, um sometimes there were times when you could clearly see that I was like part of a language like bored shitless just uh, you know on my very it was very isolating sometimes like that and I, I call it like I see it certain people were like hey I'm not going to be your translator all the time sure. you know, it's, I mean it's yeah. tiring and and mm-hmm. I was like I get I get that but um you can't expect me to be like comfortable in this situation put yourself yeah. in my position like how would you feel um i tried so very hard to understand but it was at a level that i just wasn't at do you know what i mean and, mm-hmm. and plus when people speak really 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 quickly as well yeah. that changes things for sure because then you don't understand half of it well yeah i mean it's like i speak very quickly in english i recognize this um but i slow it down if i know the person isn't native and they need me to slow it down and it to me it's not a problem it's like mm-hmm. oh okay yeah no worries um mm-hmm. i don't know I, th- i feel like on that note i think you should always try and make a try and make everyone in, in the given in your v- immediate vicinity comfortable if there's someone with you that doesn't speak the language maybe you just be with that person you don't have to like you know translate everything going on around you but maybe just yeah, make sure. an effort to make that person feel at least comfortable and part of the situation rather than just like i don't know like a dog in the corner that no one really wants to there to be there you know like i don't know yeah it, that's kind of <laughs> yeah, how it yeah. felt sometimes mm-hmm. consider the prospect of moving to another country And how that might look. A lot of people romanticize it, and they they consider like, oh, I, it will be like all those movies I saw, those French movies when I was like ten, and you know, it's all like beautiful. And there are idyllic moments like that for sure. But a lot of it, day to day, is most people think about vacation and not living. Sure, but yeah. that's very different. Vacation versus living somewhere, two very different things. And you have to think about the day to day, what that looks like. The inevitability of the fact that if you move to another country and, you know, English is not widely spoken, then you're going to have yeah. some struggles. 
you know, because um, there are certain countries I know for a fact either don't speak it or it's spoken in isolation, like mm-hmm. isolated instances, or people just don't want it because it's like, hey, yeah. you're in our country now, which by the way, I think that's perfectly <laughs> reasonable. Um, I, the amount, no, no, I, no, I, I do. I, like the amount of times I saw foreigners come over, it was embarrassing. They'd be like, oh, like, why can't, why can't you speak mm. English? And it's like, dude, you're in yeah. their country. Like, that's so rude to say. So like what I was saying earlier about like not feeling comfortable, like I never sat there and like felt angry mm-hmm. at anyone. I felt sad about it. And I felt like this person that I was with could have made more of an effort to make me feel comfortable. But that was just a personal relationship. That was sure. what it was. But the wider situation was that, hey, I chose to be in that country. I chose to be in that situation. Many people have been in the same position as me, that kind of situation. And it's, it is what it is. You're going to find yourself in those situations. I'm, I'm sure there'll be other times in my life in the future when I travel eventually where that'll be the case again. And it's okay because that's the nature of language and how it differs wherever you go in the world. Like this expectation, you have, you have to manage your expectations in a reasonable way, I think, when it comes to language and traveling around the world. But that what you gave as an example earlier, I think is different because it's like, they don't like if three of you all speak the same language, but the other two speak a different language to you. It is rude for them to then just speak in their own language while you're there. Yeah, that is rude. Yeah. Um, one could make the argument like, oh, but we need to speak that language. And it's like, um, I, th- I think I think it depends. You know, it's, it's it's a lot of the time it, it comes down to circumstance. So I'll give you a really good example. I I worked in uh, hospitality when I was at university and uh, there was a particular hotel that I worked for for about a year and a half while I was studying. And there was a bunch of like Dutch uh, exchange students, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. They were like doing a hospitality program. So they'd come and work there and then they'd go back, whatever. They were all really lovely. They were nice people. Um, and they would naturally speak Dutch when they were around each other. And I remember like one night, um, that it didn't bother yeah. me. Cause I'm like, Hey, do what you want. Like, cause as long as like, it's not 24 seven, like, do you know what I mean? If it's probably quicker sometimes, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, um, but I remember one night we were just there washing cutlery and, <laughs> and uh, it's like the end of the night. And a few of them are talking to each other a little bit light conversation. Uh, in Dutch and one of the supervisors who was English starts having a go at them she's just like oh that's so rude how dare you do that and I remember thinking in my head like maybe it is a little bit but it wasn't like they were speaking like say for an hour in only Uh Dutch and refusing to speak English it was like a five minute quick conversation and this person Uh just launched into them and I was just like I think that's unnecessary I think you just have to kind of, because they would go back in and out. And sometimes they would even say like, oh, yeah, we were talking about. Yeah, that's nice, though. You know, you know it, yeah. if you, if they keep you in the loop, that's fine, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's all circumstantial. Yeah, really. sure. It always, it always comes down to that. And since you moved back, do you still have that feeling of loneliness? Or because like now you're back in your own country, you understand everything all the time. Did that vanish? No, because loneliness is something that all human beings have to deal with at all times in but, their life. But I mean, just because of that not understanding? No, I, I, underst- uh-huh. I understood the question. I just thought yeah. it was important to add that because it's something that, like, I think it's okay to feel that once in a while. For sure, yeah. Like, I think that there's something to... There's something to be said for spending time with yourself and learning how to be comfortable in your own space. That's important. Um, it's good for your soul. It's good for your well-being to reconcile with yourself and spend time with yourself. And if you don't do that, you should devote some time to doing that every once in a while to address your question. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't found myself in a similar instance like those specific ones where it's like I'm um, amongst the people that don't speak my language. It's nice 
being able to understand everything again. Um, but it, it's different. It's a different way of life. It's 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 difficult to explain, but it's like it's just different. It's like that was my life then. This is my life now. Mm-hmm. Am I happy to be back? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the biggest thing I learned was that I can't be away from my homeland for too long or like if I were to move again to another country I'd have to really think about like for example like how often I get to go back to England like if if it was like I was fully just moving to another place again well how often Mm -hmm. can I come back if it's like once a year I don't think that's gonna cut it if I can go like once every two months hey that that could work something closer you know yeah i think it's it's now i understand what i was struggling with a bit more i can kind of look at it like okay if this happens again i ha- i have to plan this in a slightly different way mm-hmm. i think the thing is that there was never a plan really with going there it was always just a temporary thing that turned into an extended thing that to be honest like I would have gone back earlier if it was financially possible. Mm-hmm. And if I had a plan, I ne- see, I never had a plan. That's the thing. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you don't have to have like a concrete plan in life, but you got to have like a basic, like, okay, if I go back, this is what I'll do. I just didn't have that. Like the, the alternative. So you didn't have an idea. Well, the alternative was going back to London and I didn't want to go back to London. Uh-huh. I still don't want to go back to London. Like, you know. So you wanna- moved straight to Manchester? Well, we didn't finish the story earlier, okay. so I'll finish. I'll finish it <laughs> okay. now. Okay. I decide I'm 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 heading back. I know it's 2020 that I'm going to head back. I start making the arrangements, and it's like middle of February, 2020. Mm-hmm. I fly back, tie up all the loose ends. It's all done. Go back home to London for like a week. Um, again, didn't plan any of that. I knew I needed to see family and reconnect. I did that. And then I just immediately got itchy feet. I was like, uh, okay, I've said my hellos and now what? I was like, I need to go. And so I just, I got up and left and just went to Manchester, okay. uh, which sounds insane. And it was, but without knew- any plan, I mean, yep. it was just, I was going to go well, to the next bigger city. My plan was anywhere but London is better. <laughs> okay. Because uh, it's different. It's a new, I needed, I needed something new. I needed something that, I'll say, I'll say this as well. And this has nothing to do with London. This is just the nature of going back to anywhere you've previously been before. When you go back to like the place you grew up or the areas that you used to live, then it's no longer the same place. It might be like, you know, some of the buildings look the same, whatever, people look a little bit older, mm-hmm. whatever, but like, it's not the same place. Like, I remember one time going back and, and looking at like my, one of my childhood homes, the mm-hmm. place that I'd spent most of my teenage years and, and childhood. And I looked at it, I looked at the area and I realized that like, I felt nothing. Mm, okay. No nostalgia, no feeling. So it wasn't that I miss the place i yeah. miss the time and of course the time is never going but coming back that the time is gone and it was a great time and, and now it's passed and all there is is now and so with that in mind i realized if i would go back and live in london you know i know what that life looks like and that's okay. not a life i want to lead i'm not saying i'll never go back ever but if i did i'd have to have yeah. a, a plan And I'd have to kind of have like a different way of life that I've not experienced before. And I don't know that that city can really Mm -hmm. offer me that. Um, Plus there's something to be said for like, I like a little bit of a smaller city. Manchester's like London, but smaller and it's more manageable. Tallinn was small. I like that. I like a place that's got culture Mm -hmm. and civilization, but is smaller and you can also get away and like go to the countryside if you want. And it doesn't take like hours and hours and hours. So anyway, um, I move up. I got a basic plan in that, like, I decided to get the cheapest hostel I could find. <laughs> okay. 
and I would, I would, I, I had some money, not a lot, but I just would sink what I had left into a place, try and find a job and go okay. from there. Right. I figured, oh, it'd be fine. No worries. No problem. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm there for like a week. It's miserable. The hostel is terrible. I'm sharing a room with like four or five people in double beds and it's terrifying. And I'm sleeping like with a fist and just like, yeah. my bag and everything close to me. And I'm like ready, oh, tense mm-hmm. the whole time. <laughs> um there's there's no toilet roll in this place there's no hot water it's cold i shower in cold water uh it's awful lovely and i'm getting desperate and i'm like maybe i made a mistake yeah it was awful Uh i was like what do i do and just as i was losing hope i managed to just about find a place and this was I'd already been to the area and I'd not liked the area, but I was like, oh, what, what do I have? Like, it's either I check this place out or, you know, I sit in that miserable mm-hmm. hostel. So I checked this place out. I met the landlord, seemed like a a good place. And I, I asked like, hey, can I move in like now? And they were like, yeah. yeah. I was like, really? like today? And they're like, yeah. Awesome. I was like, I'm sold. <laughs> and I think they were kind of like, hey, can you... Can you, like, I think they wanted it to. We were both like, please. Yeah. And I was able to get away from that hostel and move in. So that all worked out. Then we go into lockdown. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, I was, I'd sort of been paying attention to the news, but it seemed to me like a disconnected thing. Like, yeah. You know, I remember when I was a kid, like looking at um, swine flu and stuff like that and being like, oh, that's crazy. But, you know, Mm -hmm. that's it'll get contained, whatever. Um, But it but 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 then it didn't and it became a thing. And then eventually the prime minister put us into lockdown and I was like, wow, this is surreal. And there I was in this place I've never been in a city I've never been in lockdown with no job and no nothing. And. I figured it out from there, really. And but that was it. <laughs> and I do wonder what would it have been like if I'd have stayed. Yeah, I wonder what would have happened too. Uh, yeah, it was really nice to talk to Christian. And it was so nice of him that he shared his experiences and that he was so honest about it. Not everything is always better, but he can still see all the positive out of it. Christian also has two podcasts that are definitely worth checking out. Um, He always has really interesting guests with interesting stories on his show. It's um, the Christian Reef podcast and also Life with Christian Reef. Um, Yeah, and it's wherever you can listen to podcasts. You will find the names of his show in my show notes and yeah as always thank you very much for listening and i hope i see you next time if you want to reach out um you can do this at worldscollide123pod at gmail.com or also on instagram it's worldscollide podcast just one word yeah everything that you need to know is gonna be in the show notes Thank you for the music. It's by Jazz by Sergio Rondo from Pixabay. I hope you listen in next week. <laughs>